For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What the Pell is up, Pelicans fans? My name is Elliot Clough, and I am your host of Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. On Tuesday, I got to give you a little preview of what I believe the Pelicans could, maybe should, maybe might just do come draft night this year. And uh, it's a lot of speculation right now, much like everything else depends on if the NBA is able to figure out the rest of their regular season, if the Pelicans make the playoffs, if the Pelicans will be in the lottery. But a lot of different things can happen. And for that reason, I decided to have Ethan Piotta, formerly of the Sixer Sense of Fansided Clutch Points app, host of the Prospect Pod, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, I believe. I never really asked him, but maybe he goes into it on the podcast. Uh, current NBA draft writer for Overtime Heroics. Uh, so he's been covering the draft for a long time. Today he details how he does that evaluation for what he's doing for for his prospect pod for, for these other websites that he writes for. And then he gives us some details about who he thinks the Pelican should go after, reacts to some of my thoughts, and goes a little bit deeper on those uh, as well uh, as far as who the Pelicans should grab, who they will grab, and who they just might grab. So here it is, Pels fans, my conversation with Ethan Piotta on who the Pelicans should take in this year's NBA draft. All right, we're joined by Ethan Piotta today of NBA Prospect Pod. That's what it's called, right, Ethan? That is what it's called. All right, and we'll give you a little bit more of an intro uh, before this, but Ethan is joining us today from his very own podcast. He's also a writer with Overtime Heroic, so very excited to have Ethan on. How you doing today, Ethan? I'm doing well. How about you? I am good, and we're we're excited to have you on, get a little bit more of uh, an expert's opinion, if you will. I, I'm very biased towards the Pelicans, obviously, so it's good to get an outside opinion. Right, yeah, definitely. I mean, and you know, the Pelicans are fun and an interesting team to talk about, so should should be a should be an exciting show, for sure. So, Ethan, what does your process look like? How do you how do you go about evaluation, and, and is that a lot of what you're doing right now, especially with the coronavirus that's going on? Right. So, like, it's almost it, it's weird. You know, you mentioned the coronavirus obviously going on. Um, it, it's almost like a, a weird break in just kind of free time to be able to take a deeper dive into a lot of players. Um, as far as the process goes, it starts in high school for a lot of these guys. You kind of just, well, you know, surface some of their film, uh, you know, just kind of identify their strengths and weaknesses right away. Um, and then it goes to, you know, their first year in college, um, watch as many games as you can, you know, throughout the live season, 
Uh, and now what I'm doing really is just kind of looking back at their total body of work, whether that's, you know, the overall stat sheet, uh, their kind of advanced stats uh, via synergy in terms of just like where they rank in percentiles and whatnot. And uh, just their overall game film, kind of watch every game twice. First game, you know, you, you evaluate everything. Second game, you kind of skim through. Um, and, 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 you know, the whole evaluation process, at least for me, really just highlights, you know, what a prospect does well. Uh, and what they do not so well. So, you know, important aspects for me at least are how good of a team defender are they? How much space do they create in on, on offense? You know, what's their IQ like? Um, their efficiency rating, you know, their projected outcome. Uh, and, and that's kind of just, you know, how the process goes for me. It's a lengthy one, but uh, definitely definitely worth it when you're trying to get the best um, opinion on, on guys that will be in the NBA. Yeah, that is a lengthy process. So, uh Pelicans fans, Ethan is clearly qualified by by all of that, um, and uh, I think we're gonna get some good insight today from uh, from Ethan. So, what have you identified? Uh, what Pelicans' biggest needs are? Uh, what role would fit in well with the current structure of the team? Right. So you you know when you when you approached me about uh, you know kind of just the Pelicans you know draft and and uh, that kind of thing. It, it's an interesting it's an interesting team. Uh, to look at because you know they're already in a team that has good young pieces um, you have even good young role players when you look up and down the roster um, and then uh, you know a mix of a few veterans talking about Derek Favors and JJ Redick um, looking at their spot rack chart Lonzo Ball obviously under under contract for next year Drew Holiday under contract for next year uh, Zion under contract under contract um, you wonder about Brandon Ingram, you know, are they going to pay him? Most likely you would imagine had an all-star level season. Uh, Derek favors is still a cap hold. I think the biggest need for the Pelicans, they might just, you know, honestly draft best player available. Uh, you're probably looking at, you know, three and D guys. Uh, you can never have enough of those in the NBA. Um, you're looking at backup point guard spot. I think that's important. I do like Nikhil Alexander Walker, but I don't know if he ends up as a point guard or a shooting guard. Um, and it, whether it's the backup point guard or a three and D guy, I think that the most important overall spot for the Pelicans to address is that center position because Derek Favors is starting there right now. Um, you don't know if he's going to be back. Uh, Jackson Hayes is kind of a work in process, a work in progress still. Um, I, I like the center position a lot for the Pelicans to address, especially at 13 where they are right now. Uh, I don't know exactly who would be there at that point, but when you're looking at overall needs, you kind of have everything except, you know, a, a center for the future. Uh, Jackson Hayes may be that. Uh, again, big work in progress. He, he made some good strides this season, stood out to me. Um, but, you know, there, there is, there is a, a need there, in my opinion. And I did a valuation process on Tuesday, on our podcast for Tuesday, but... Um, a couple of things that I outlined, and I'm wondering your thoughts on this too. I, I said a versatile defender at the four position, power forward opposite Zion, because Zion is capable defensively right now, but he's still absolutely learning on that end of the floor. And then I mentioned a shot creator because the Pelicans offense can get really stagnant at times when the ball isn't moving and Zion, Zion was shut down against the Mavericks. A lot of people don't really realize that it wasn't talked about a lot, but uh, Zion was shut down against the Mavericks and it was really tough for the Pelicans to get going offensively. Brandon Ingram did play well and he can create shots, but what are your thoughts on that? 
Right, so you mentioned, you know, a shot creator. Uh, th- there's a few guys in this class um, that are kind of just pure shot creators when you look at their their uh, their game plan, you know, their style, their, their style of play. Uh, I think the ideal guy, if you're just looking for an overall shot creator, is really Tyrese Maxey uh, from Kentucky. Um, and, and that's, you know, I don't know if he's there at 13. In, in my opinion, he's a, he's a top 10 guy. Um, and, and, you know, we're saying 13 because that's where the Pelicans would be picking today if the season was to end. Um, but Ty- Tyrese Maxey really embodies kind of just a, sh- a pure shot creator, especially, you know, with the season Drew Holiday's had. Um, I-, I-, I think you can attest to this, not one of his better years. Um, and I'm an I'm absolute huge fan of Drew Holiday. Uh, I think he's one of the better perimeter defenders in the NBA. Um, but when you play with a guy like Lonzo Ball at point guard, who I, I do think is the Pelicans point guard for the future, I think he's played well enough, especially in the second half of the season. Um, you're right. You do need a shot creator. You do need to to move that offense around. Tyrese Maxey is a great pick if he is there at you know, 13, 14, 15, uh, wherever for the Pelicans when you're just talking about a pure shot creator. Very cool. Any any thoughts about that four position, a versatile defender? Yeah, and there's I was going to get to that as well. There's a lot of guys kind of like fitting that mold, whether it's, you know, you can play positions two through four. Uh, some have more question marks than others. Uh, the three guys I have highlighted, I, I mentioned, you know, three and D guys. Three and D guys can honestly, you know, you, they can play that two through four position. Uh, Isaac Okoro is a big one. I think that, you know, when you look at him, he's high on a lot of people's boards. He's slipped a little bit for me because the shot is a big question mark for me. But again, that's a guy that can that can honestly guard one through four. Uh, probably one of the better perimeter defenders, uh, just overall athletic players in this draft. Patrick Williams from uh, Florida is one of my personal favorites, a guy that can protect the rim, but also lock down your point guard on the perimeter. And Devin Vassell, uh, you know, you just talk about a pure team defender, one of the best team defender in the draft, extremely long, can knock down the three, can play a little bit of the two, can play a little bit of the three, maybe not the four at the next level, but, um, you, you know, you look at, Guys, especially like Isaac Okoro and Pat Will, uh, should be there at you know 13, 14, 15. Uh, and, and guys that would fit that mold of, of almost kind of a work in progress for, but someone that you can slot in there and they can hold their own. I, uh, in, in preparing for this mock draft, I did a little bit of a, not necessarily mock draft, but looking at the Pelicans, at, at who they could grab, who they should grab. Um, the... <laughs> The difference on every single mock draft, there is almost no consistency all over uh, every single website that I even looked at. Who are you thinking for, for players that they could shoot for? We've been talking about that 13th spot, and we'll talk about most ideal situation. But um, some guys that I that I outlined were, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's last name, to be honest with you, Ethan. Precious Achua from Memphis. Um, Jaden McDaniels. Uh, Denny Abdia, Obi Toppin, Cole Anthony, and Aaron Nesmith, and and Obi Toppin and Cole Anthony could obviously go a little bit higher. But um, who are you thinking that would be a legitimate possibility at that thirteenth spot for for what you believe to be the Pelicans' needs? I think I right. I think Toppin and Avida and and Avija probably go top ten in my opinion. You know they could even be top five guys. Um, Cole Anthony, a guy I'm not super high on. I think he's ranked number 20 or 21 on my board. Um, but obviously, you know, the upside is there with him. 
I think when, when you talk about 13, the guys I just mentioned, Patrick Williams, uh, you know, Isaac Okoro, uh, and then you mentioned Aaron Neesmith as well, probably the best overall shooter in this draft. Talk about him for a little bit. Uh, here's a guy that played, you know, the first 14 games of the season for Vanderbilt and absolutely lit the world on fire, uh, shooting 52.5% from three, I believe, on eight attempts per game. Uh, that's you know, He was almost Steph Curry, Buddy Heald-like in college this year in his first 14 games. Wish we could have kind of, you know, got to see the rest of his season go on. But that's a guy that would come in immediately and offer 3 and D potential, especially the three potential for him. I mean, that that's, you know, you talk about spacing the floor alongside guys like Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, that's the perfect space creator, Aaron Neesmith. I think that's a guy that will also probably most likely be there at 13. Uh, the defense is a little bit of the question mark for him. Uh, you know, what else can he do other than shoot the basketball? But when you're talking about a guy that can just light it up from outside and, and really, you know, space create, I think Aaron Neesmith is, is a really good fit with what the Pelicans are uh, developing right now. In watching his film, to me, he looks like a great guy off the ball screen. Uh, excuse me, not off the ball screen. Catch and shoot guy. Right. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I'll pull up his uh, synergy profile here, but if I'm not mistaken, he's in the 97th, 98th, 99th percentile and just overall catch and shoot. Um, and his offense is, I mean, his, his overall offensive body of work, it just really stands out. Again, a work in progress on defense, but a guy that from day one, I think his game will translate extremely well to the NBA. Now, looking, let's say, crazy scenario. Pelicans, um, I mean, it was a crazy scenario last year, so anything can happen where, where the Pelicans ended up with that number one overall pick. But let's say they don't make the playoffs. Let's say they stay in the lottery, and who knows? Maybe they get a top five pick, which would absolutely be wild. Who's the most ideal guy to grab in this draft for the Pelicans? Top five is interesting. Um, that I mean, that would be that would be unreal. I think for the Pelicans, you're probably looking at a guy like Onyeka Okongwu, uh, who's my number one, number two overall prospect. Kind of have gone back and forth on him all year, uh, but you know, you, you have you see some mocks have him number ten, number eleven, and, and that's a guy that's I mean, a small ball five, uh, six nine. In my opinion, he'll end up being a pure power forward in the NBA. Uh, but, you know, super versatile, versatile on defense, super long wingspan, blocked three block, you know, had three blocks per game this year, freshman year at USC, uh, true shooting percentage over 60%, excellent around the rim, uh, showed some ability to stretch the floor. And, and that's a guy, a lot of people don't realize this, but Okongwu, uh, you know, went to Chino Hills High School with all the Ball brothers, um, was kind of, you know, established himself there, uh, has already a good... Rapport with Lonzo Ball, uh, really good friends, obviously, with his younger brother, Lamelo. Um, but Okongwu is my probably best big man in the draft. And when you're just talking about a pure fit, he would slot right in and be the, the starting five uh, for, for, the, for the New Orleans Pelicans right away, in my opinion, especially if Derek Favors was to be let go this offseason. Well, hey, Pelicans fans, we have something to possibly look forward to. If he's on 10 and 11 for a lot of draft boards, who knows? Maybe he could fall. Um, that would be that would be most ideal for the Pelicans. So looking forward as well in terms of maybe even the second round or, or if the Pels make the playoffs and, and who knows, make a run. Probably not at that eighth spot, but um, who are some guys that you view as 
sleepers in this class that might be slated as a second round guy or a late first round guy who maybe have a lot of potential or, or just being overlooked. Right. And I think the Pelicans, if I'm not mistaken, have the 13th, 39th, 42nd and 60th pick right now uh, in the draft. So I, I'm guessing, you know, what they would do with the 42 and 60 is probably package it to maybe move up or try to. Uh, that That is a possibility. I, I think this is a team that, you know, has three needs. The center position that I mentioned, another 3 and D guy, and a backup point guard. Uh, I, I think Frank Jackson was good this year for them. I don't think he's under contract next year. Uh, obviously, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is still a work in progress. Uh, the good thing about this draft class is that there is a lot of point guard potential. It starts at the top with LaMelo Ball and Killian Hayes. Um, and, and, you know, it kind of just goes down the board uh, to guys like Cole Anthony and Nico Mannion, Tyrese Halliburton, um, so on and so forth. And then the second round comes and there's another emergence of guys like a Devin Dotson from Kansas or Trey Jones from Duke, um, Grant Riller from Charleston, Desmond Bain from TCU. Uh, and my personal favorite, my personal biggest sleeper in the draft, again, a guy I don't think he will declare this year. I think he'll take one more year at Stanford, but Tyrell Terry, um, you know, all, I think five or six of those guys that I mentioned would come in and I think be great backup point guard options for the, for the Pelicans. Um, when you talk about that 39th pick that they have, I think that's a, that's a key pick for them because if you are able to land someone there, there's a lot of impact potential right off the bat uh, with one of those guys that could, you know, come in and be the backup point guard from day one. My personal favorite would be Trey Jones for them. Uh, you know, obviously the a Duke guy uh, had a great season, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I think his, you know, his his floor is a backup point guard in the NBA. His ceiling's probably like a fringe starter, but that's kind of just a safe pick. Uh, I think the Pelicans, in my opinion, will be in win now mode next year, and obviously we'll see what they do in free agency and whatnot. Uh, but Trey Jones is a guy that you draft to come in and win now. Because uh, he's not going to get that much better, but he's he's definitely not going to get worse. And he's going to be, I think, a serviceable backup slash starting point guard in the NBA for years to come. Ethan, great stuff today. Really appreciate you joining us. Um, hey, maybe draft time comes around. We'll, we'll have you on again. That's uh, Ethan Piotta of Prospect Pod and Overtime Heroics. Thanks so much for joining us, Ethan. Appreciate you having me on. So there you have it, Pels fans. Ethan Piotta of Prospect Pod and Overtime Heroics joining us today to discuss where the Pelicans might go for their NBA draft this year. Who knows when that'll be, but uh, we got a little bit of an idea of what they could do, assuming they're sitting in that 13th spot. Maybe they even go higher, or maybe they even go lower. Who knows? But um, awesome stuff from Ethan Piotta today. Again, I want to thank him for, for coming on, but before I let you go, gotta tell you, go follow me on Twitter. It's at Elliot Clough. You're going get, to be getting a lot of basketball Pelicans content there as well, and if you have any questions, again, feel free to at me or just hashtag what the Pell is up. I want to engage with you. I want to talk with you about the New Orleans Pelicans. And while you're here, just takes two seconds. Subscribe, leave a rate and review. The more you do that, the better guests we're going to get, the better quality content we're going to 
get. It really helps out the podcast. Go follow Believe on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can check out a plethora of their other podcasts on Believe.com or just head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. And you can check out my Pelicans coverage for Fansided on Hoops Habits website. You can type in Hoops Habit in your little uh, URL bar up there and then go down to West, scroll down, hit New Orleans Pelicans. You're going to find my coverage there. There's an article detailing if I really think Zion has a chance to win Rookie of the Year this year. And then coming either later this week or coming up next week, I'm going to write an article talking about who the Pelicans could take in this year's NBA draft. So it'll go a little bit more in-depth on my thoughts there and hey come back on saturday not friday this week saturday and we're going to be joined by jasmine brown formerly of espn she has also been with the washington mystics the capital city go-go and she was once the beat writer for maryland women's basketball so a little bit different than what we've been doing with our guests talking a lot of pelicans like I said, Jasmine has worked for all of these companies and all of these teams, so I want to talk about what the industry is going through at the moment, maybe give you a little bit of an insight as to what's happening with people who just work in sports right now, and and it'll be, I think, a really fun show, and we'll still talk a little Pelicans, of course, but um, definitely want to get her insight on the whole ordeal and maybe give you a little insight as well. Well, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and then go follow me on Twitter at Elliot Clough. Of course, you can hashtag what the Pell is up. Shoot me some questions. Shoot me some thoughts. I want to hear from you. I want to share your thoughts on this podcast. The more you do that, the more topics we're going to have, the more I'll be able to talk with you, the listener. So once again, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.